You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday evening time for some American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. How's everybody doing? My name is Alex. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're getting a little bit of a late start today. There's some traffic on 696, as tends to happen every now and then. Uh, my guest for this week was supposed to be John Connor, if you recall last week. Um, he is still going to be on. He had to move to next week, uh, which fortunately there was no guest scheduled for next week um, <clears throat> uh, yet. So uh, when he messaged me over the weekend and said, hey, man, I got to I got to can we can we reschedule? I said, yeah, I just wanted the next week. And he said, that's not a problem. So he's still on beyond next week. Looking forward to talking to him. But uh, so in, in John's place for this evening, uh, I'm so glad that uh, Danger Slater, author Danger Slater, uh, has uh, offered to step up and, and fill the void. So Danger, thanks so much for coming on again, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. This is the uh, third time now? It is the third time, yeah. Three third times. Time. We've had you on Basically, almost one, almost once a season for the past year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm your Ed McMahon now, I'm, I guess. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're my uh, you're my you're my red band, <laughs> or uh, I don't know who Mark Marin has, but like, uh, more like the vice president though. So in case you're ever assassinated, I take over the show. Oh man, you'd have to. Yeah, I mean, I I hope I don't get assassinated, but that would mean that would a lot of interesting things would have to happen in order for somebody to even want to assassinate me. So that would be hey, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, and then and then having you replace me would be a good uh, would be a good trade. Um, You'd have to call in though. Every show would be. You'd have to call into the studio and have have Kate run the board or something. I'm not sure how we do that, but I don't think we'll we'll have to worry about that anytime soon. Uh, Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how you doing, man? Like how you been? I last talked to you in October. So what you been up to? Oh yeah, uh, I'm doing good. You know, I've uh, moved into a new apartment and uh, trying to resettle my life still. Um, my my apartment is not a good one. I, you know, like when you have to move, you just kind of like pick a place because it's like there's like this kind of countdown going. You know, yeah. You're like, oh shit, I got like three weeks and I got to get all my stuff out of the building. Um, so I kind of chose wrong, I, I believe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I never really felt quite settled here. I think my place actually might be haunted. No um, shit. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of like weird stuff around here. Like- there's a. Uh, like tell us, man. Like, what have you heard? What, let's let's hear it. Now you got to go into this now. <laughs> well, I heard a lot of footsteps. Like, there's a it's a one story apartment, right? It's four apartments in a building. You know, uh, a quadruplex, I guess it would be called. Uh-huh. And so we're the last apartment, the last apartment on the left, at the end of a dead end street. And <laughs> and um, yeah, so the first night or two here like all i was just hearing was just footsteps all over this apartment um i think i might have figured out what that was from though because it might be just the floorboards creaking from like an apartment to the the uh, right of mine i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> but something really really weird actually did happen uh about last week like maybe five days ago i was sitting there just on the couch uh playing video games and I was laying on my back, you know, sitting on the couch and I have my little coffee table in front of me and the remote all by itself just started spinning in a circle. Wow. I swear to God. I swear to God. I, you know, I don't actually think that there's ghosts. I'm not like a big believer in things, but I did see this happen 
with my own eyes. I don't know what could have done that. How fast was it spinning? Um, it looked, it, it's, well, it's not like a flat remote. It's kind of got a curved bottom. So it can, if you tap it, it will like spin in a circle, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, it kind of looked like somebody tapped it like decently hard. <laughs> That's, that is so fucking it just weird. started spinning in a circle. So there <laughs> like, wasn't like a fan nearby or anything that could have done it, huh? No, it's cold. It's cold out here. <laughs> it's like 30 degrees. I ain't rocking any fans. Yeah. Well, Jesus, yeah. isn't that weird, man? Like, I, I agree with you about like the, like they're not being ghosts, at least not the way that we thought there might be ghosts when we were kids. But like, it's so funny that if if those are ghosts, they sure pick some kind of boring ass ways to fuck with humans. You know, I'm gonna just spin this guy's remote. You know, there's I'm gonna I'm gonna you know move the curtains a little bit. I saw this video when I was in high school of uh, this alleged ghost activity. This person had you know, left a camera on in, uh, in a, a haunted, uh, I think it was an apartment that, uh, was uh, being renovated and you see like a chair slide across the floor and you see a piece of, sh- of uh, the wall get ripped away. And it's just, it's like, if, 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 if there's something as profound as, as a ghost and life after death, and you can still interact with this realm, why, why do that? Like, why would you have yeah. that be your way of interact? That's a novel right there is what that is, or at least a short story where is this is a, is like a, why the fuck do ghosts decide to, to fuck with us in these little minuscule ways of rocking a chair, you know, eerily when nobody's in it, you know, it's like what that is so funny that you mentioned that because since I moved in here, I was inspired to write a, like I'm currently writing a book about a haunted apartment. Oh. And the whole premise is the apartment, the all, you know, it's haunted by these ghosts that haunts all the different apartments in the building. And everybody knows that there's ghosts there and nobody, everyone treats them like cockroaches instead of like being terrified. They're like annoyed because these ghosts, these poltergeists come in in the middle of the night and like, you know, rearrange the shit in the kitchen or, you know, like make just weird shadows on the wall. Like they're not doing anything aggressive they're just doing little annoying things and everyone is just annoyed by these ghosts in the apartment instead of uh instead of scared of them yeah so it's like they're a nuisance instead of this this horrific existential threat and like a reminder that you know your 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 corporeal form is not uh is not your your only form it's it's they're yeah. just they're like they don't even care really they're just kind of like oh jesus christ why don't, don't these things why can't they just go away like <laughs> like the cockroaches like you said um, is that the one that you, uh, you, you, cause you write all the time. I, I remember when I first interviewed you, you, you have a regiment and you stick to it and you are prolific. Um, but, uh, cause you have like a couple novels in the kitty, right? That you, you haven't decided when you when, decided when you're going to release them yet. Is, is that one of them or that's just an in progress one? That one's in progress. That one I, I just passed like 25,000 words on, uh, the other day, um, and, you know, obviously there's a lot more going on in the book than just them being annoyed that there's like their their places has a ghost infestation, you know, like there's <laughs> that's just a jumping off point. But, um, yeah, I actually have a, a book of short stories and a full other novel done that aren't um, that aren't released yet. So things are backing up a little bit. <laughs> that's good, though, man. Like, that's so nice to have like those things. in, like I said, in the kitty, because. 
you know, if something comes along or something happens, you can be like, Hey, I got this thing right here. This is, this is ready to go, you know, or at least it's pretty, it's close to being ready to go. Yeah. You know, I read this thing that, um, the author Josh Mallerman posted the other day about, you know, he's very successful now, you know, with bird box and all that, but, uh, he spent a lot of years writing books without selling them or without them getting published or anything. Right. He made this, uh, post, I think it was on Facebook. Um, basically he was just like, what he did is he p- made a, uh, a, a tome of, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know how many novels it was, but he said it was a million words long. So he just put all his books together in one giant thing so that he could copyright that. So he wouldn't have to like copyright each novel or, or worry about the, that. Like, That's he's smart. Just like, I'll just make, <laughs> you know, I can just make one blanket copyright for everything that I've written and, and just have this giant, uh, you know, multi-novel <laughs> tome, basically, that uh, I, I guess would sit on his hard drive and then he could sell it off piecemeal. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, because when I first read about him, I think he had written 10 novels. That's what he said. Now, I don't know how many, it, it, 10 novels can mean a whole lot of things. It doesn't mean that they're all 10 finished novels. Maybe it was, I don't know. Um but I assume that's what he was referring to when he he talked about the million word uh, document. Um, <clears throat> he's actually from Ferndale, which is literally like like ten minutes away from me right now. Uh, and he was living there for I don't know if he still lives there since he uh, he's he's he blew up after the Bird Box movie came out. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's I've actually never read anything he's he's done. I I'm familiar with him. I know who he is and have been for for a while, even before the bird, the Netflix movie came out, I'd, I'd heard of bird box, but I just hadn't gotten around to reading it. Um, cause that was published. I want to say in like 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. And, uh, the book is supposed to be really good. Like, cause, cause without the, the burden of, of visual, you know, interpretation, you know, the whole point of the book is you can't, you have, they have these blindfolds on and it's a hell of a lot easier to do that when you don't have to show the, actually show the people with the blind blindfolds on, you can just do it from their perspective. Um, and what yeah. an interesting idea. So, uh, so yeah, but it's funny because you said, uh, we were talking there, you know, he, he wrote those 10 novels and I, I think his story was, he was kind of, he wasn't really planning on doing anything with them. He was just kind of doing it to do it, uh, while he was touring with his band. Um, but I was, I saw on Twitter, as you know, there's this huge writing community. It's, I don't know how many people it is, but it's, it's hundreds of thousands, probably maybe even millions. And, uh, I see tweets every now and then, and some of them are from people that have like, you know, more followers than me and you they're, they're, they're well into tens of thousands of followers, sometimes, uh, more. And they're they're complaining about like, they're like, nobody reads my shit. Like they'll actually say that they're like, what's the point of this is nobody's going to read my stuff. And I can completely sympathize with not with feeling like nobody cares about your work, but, um, it just seems shitty to me to complain about that. It's, it's like, I, I remember seeing an interview with Ray Bradbury right when YouTube came out. It was like one of the, it was the first interview with him I ever saw that was posted on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, he said, you should be doing this to do it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, you should be doing this and loving life and having fun and learning. And if that doesn't, if that's not enough for you, then you need to get out of writing because go to, you need, you need, you need to go do something else because it's not gonna, uh, it's, it's, you have to like doing it because you like doing it. 
And if you happen to get an audience and if, you, if you're persistent with it, you, you probably will if, if you're good and you continue to improve. But yeah. it, it takes it's, – it's basically a lottery. And it's just like with music too. It's, it, if you're, it's a right place, right time type thing. And it's pressure and time. Uh, those are the factors. And sometimes uh, it's, you, know, you can go your whole damn life and, and be prolific and continue and, and still never be Stephen King because it's, it's a fucking lottery to get to that, to that level. It really is. There's a bunch yeah. of factors that aren't – they're totally arbitrary. You don't have any control over them. Um, so I, well, I thought – On the Stephen King level or you know, Bradbury or basically anyone before the advent of the internet uh, had the – has the machine behind them, the entire publishing industry machine. Right. And the, now anyone can be a writer and be a published writer. And it's really great because there's this democratization of art and there's so much more diverse and interesting stories being told and voices, but it's a lot of noise at the same time yeah. for the average person to try and cut through to figure out not even, not only, there's so much to get someone. To, it takes so much effort to get someone to read you because you have to like somehow convince them that your stuff is worth their time against all this other noise, and then you have to write really good stuff to like prove it. Yeah, <laughs> you do get them, you know. So it's like it's tough. Yeah, you got to bat backing it up. It's it like for me, like I was talking to you. I've read uh, two of your novels now, just about. And, um, and I, I legitimately enjoyed them. Um, but, it, but even like, I would love to read more just people that haven't been published traditionally or just like people on the, the writing community on Twitter, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll follow people's blogs or, or go to their, their medium pages or their Wattpads or whatever. And even if I, like, I want to find somebody that I really like, you know, I want, I enjoy reading. I want, I want to find something that I, it's not hard to read. I want to sit and read it and burn through it as fast as I can because it's so entertaining um, it's, it's hard to get good enough to, to be able to, to have that effect on someone. I mean, at least for me and like, I mean, I've got, uh, I, I've got one novel on Amazon now. I've, I just put, finished putting my other one on Wattpad last week. Um, and, uh, the, the third one's getting, uh, written right now. And I've also got, you know, short stories and other, other stuff that's out there. Um, and I've gotten some views, you know, but it's not, if I spent all my time worrying about, the fact that like, you know, how hard it is to build an audience, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't want to do it. It would right. suck all the fun out of it. So you have to get your joy out of the fact that you are constructing these stories and, and enjoying it and, uh, and completing these puzzles basically is, is sort of what it, what it is for me. Like the second novel that I just posted, I worked on that for, I wrote it for, it took me four years to write and I was I working on it every day. Even if I wasn't actively writing, I was yeah. working on something with the plot or I was, I was taking notes or thinking about it. And it, I started developing it. I had the idea for it in 2012 when I, before I'd written anything. Uh, so it's, th that was an accomplishment for me, even though it's, it's sitting on Wattpad now and it's, it, I mean, nobody's read it and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. You know, it's just sort of like I did that. It's there. And if somebody wants to read it in the future, it's not going anywhere. So that's the, uh, that to me, that seems like the healthy attitude. And that's the other thing. Like if I bitched about, if I posted on Twitter saying like, you know, Oh, this sucks. I can't, you know, nobody pays attention to me. It's just, it's just such a shitty thing to say to me. Like, especially it's like, you're <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the only one who, who feels that way. Like everybody wishes they got more attention for the work that they put in. And it, what's really irritating 
is when people get attention for it because it's like what they're really asking for. I can understand. Again, I sympathize with the frustration, but it's just – it's like like today that what set this whole thing off is this tweet that I saw. It was this, this, uh, this one uh, – uh, this girl, this female author, and uh, she was complaining about it. And then some dude came in and was like – you know, most artists died penniless and you try to give her some perspective on it. And she was like saying like, oh, is that supposed to make me feel better? And he, he I assume this person is a guy. It was one of those like uh, it wasn't it was a genderless profile. It didn't, it didn't specify. But uh, uh, they were like, well, you know, I'm just blunt. And then she went on this tirade about like, well, if you're just blunt, then maybe you should, you know, if it, you should uh, change the way that you talk to people and stuff. And I, I was, I'm just thinking like, you don't really want, all you want is attention. And I'm again, like I can understand that we're human. We thrive on attention, but it's just, it's such a childish way of going about it. And now that I've said that, I'll probably bitch about something you know, like, <laughs> like next month. I'll probably have a post like that. But um, it's, yeah, man. It's so. weird because like, who's going to, especially on Twitter where, you're saying, like, even like you were saying, a lot of the followers that you do get are part of this larger writing community. And, you know, writers are readers. So it's not like these people don't read books and might not be interested in it, but they're also other artists, too. And everyone's kind of in the same boat. So, like, she's just complaining to other people that are all feel exactly the same way she does and aren't doing that. So it's not going to convince anybody to buy anything from her i don't I, if that's what her intention is exactly like, you know, that's and that's the thing you're absolutely right that's it's not going to change anything if you really want to change something then continue to write and get better and then maybe it'll happen sometime down the line but it is a long fucking game josh mallerman we mentioned him again he uh he started he wrote bird box in like 2008 so that and it didn't get published for a good six years and, and he had just continued grinding it out you know I started. I wrote my first novel in 2015, and uh, I didn't publish it till last year. And it was self-published. And I'm, you know, it's it's. I don't have an agent or anything. I'm not. I don't have. I have sort of an audience, but I mean, it's nothing that I can make a living off of. Um, and uh, it's it takes a long fucking time. You kind of have to strategize and sort of plan your career as to like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Uh, you know, maybe this this far in, I'll think about you know seeing what the traditional publishing route looks like at that point, and then I'll make a decision based on what's happening in the industry at that time. But that's you know another couple of years away, so I'm just going to wait. And in the meantime, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing this, I need to be staying up on this. Um, and it's like I said, it's a excuse me, it's a long game. And if if you don't enjoy the act of putting the words down and and going in and looking at a blank page and filling it with a bunch of shit that you then sort of rearrange until it's not shit. Um, then that's, then it's, you're going to get bored with it pretty damn quickly. Well, I think to like, first of all, you should treat writing for all writers out there, not, not just famous people or, or people who are just starting or, you know, struggling and bitching on Twitter about it. Uh, (laughs) Just you got to treat it like a hobby, first of all, because that's mm-hmm. what it is. You know, like anyone who sets a, no one is like standing behind someone with a gun to their head going, write a great novel. Like nobody cares. There's a, an infinite number of basically of great novels in the world. If you were to sit down right now, you could have 
good stuff to read for the rest of your life without anything new ever coming out. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's more than any person needs already. So nobody's going to make you do that. So you shouldn't act like, you know, something's owed to you or anything. It's not, first of all, it's just your a hobby. And if you keep at it and you start getting some attention and people start reading you a more realistic goal and the, the kind of the way I try and treat my writing is it's a part-time job. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's not a full-time job. And I'm don't think having uh, a big breakthrough novel. I mean, it's not out of the question, but I, it's not something that I think is going to potentially happen, but I could make a little bit of money and work towards a goal uh, of, you know, I need, I should, you know, try and maintain a good amount of readers and engage with my audience. And that would result in maybe some more readers. And if I go and I, you know, I go on a show like this and talk to you about it, maybe someone will hear us and be interested. Like these kind of things could all feed into that. And uh, if the money starts coming, like, I, you know, I'll get a couple hundred bucks a month maybe. Uh, and, but it's, you know, it's, I'm not paying my rent with it. I have to do, do other things, <laughs> but I try to treat it like a job because it started to become one. And it, when you think of it more as, either a hobby or work, then you stop thinking of the world owing you anything. You know, you're yeah. either working towards something you love because you love it or you're working on it because it's your job. Yeah. <laughs> or a little bit of both. Like, I mean, like, yeah. but I completely agree. Like, Ideally a little bit of both. You don't want to just treat it like work because again, no one's making you do that. Like you could probably contribute more to the world by, you know, going and working at a convenience store and smiling at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I mean, I, I like for me, like I have a job, you know, part-time job now. Um, and, uh, I get off and I go to the library and I write, that's just, that's what I do. Even if it's, yeah. if it's not a productive day, some days you just can't fucking get anything out. It really, it's, and it's frustrating. Yeah. It sucks, but it happens. And then other days you're there until it closes and you're like, this is, this is awesome. I, I, uh, I feel so accomplished right now. And, and you know, yeah, it's, it's a nice dopamine rush when that happens. But, uh, but yeah, it's it really is anything else. If you focus on anything else, you're going to lose your your interest in it uh, over time. Um, but you know, another yeah, thing. I, I, do you think? Go, go ahead. Do you think? Like especially people who do like word counts and stuff too. I see that a lot. People posting, oh, I, I wrote a thousand words today, which to me sounds like an incredibly huge amount of number. One thousand words. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Because I don't approach <laughs> working like that. Uh, it's not a let's rush and see how much I can get done and like look how pro proficient I am at it. I'm like, it is like I have X amount of hours and I can give it as much effort as I could give it. And whatever comes out of that, whether it's 50 words or 500 words or, you know, I end up <laughs> editing something and I'm writing negative words, you know, like it is what it is. And, um, I don't know. I just think that's a, a lot more productive way to think about what you're doing. Like, uh, you think like a sculptor sits down to sculpt a statue of a man and he's like, Oh, I made an arm and then four of the fingers today. And he's like, tweets <laughs> about it. It's like, no, like it's not done until the sculpture's done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Well, progress is good. You can update, you can update yeah. your progress, but like putting these, these pressures on yourself, you know, can that can that can be detrimental too because if you if you say like I have to do a thousand words a day which is a big number and you don't get it consistently then you're gonna feel like shit 
but it's only you that's yeah. doing it that to yourself. You're the one who said, like you said, nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying a thousand words a day. Some days I read something on Reddit once. It was just a comment and a guy was like, I have a one word a rule or I have a one word a day rule. And so it's like even if on those days where I can't get it, you, you will sit down at the at the computer, even on days where you can't get anything done, and you will like look at what you've written already and maybe change one word or like, you know, delete a sentence or something. And he's like, if I can at least get that done, I did something. You know that that is objectively yeah. true. So so that's a set set goals for yourself that are achievable. Did I wanted to ask you, man? Because I mean, Impossible James was your seventh novel. I want to say, is that yeah. right? Yeah. It's so in your your seven novels in this next one. The next one you put out, it's eight novels. When you wrote your first novel, I mean, did you – what was your mindset during that? Were you doing it just because you – you? and I, I think we might have talked sort of about this a little bit. We definitely touched on it when I interviewed you for the first time. But, like, as far as what we're talking about here, were you yeah. kind of like, you know, hey, this isn't happening f- fast enough in terms of, like, the, the novel actually co- coming out? And, uh, you know, how long did it take you to get to a point where you're like, this is good. I can put this on Amazon and people, you know, it's, it's, I'm confident in, in people liking this or finding an audience. Um, hmm. And I know it was a while <laughs> ago, years, but it's like 10 years ago. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like, uh, it took me about two years to write that first novel, which is a lot longer than it's taking me to write anything else after it. So first off, like there's that, right. That and I think you just mentioned it too, like how you took you four years to basically get this thing done that you're about to to finish. Um, so there's like until you find like your actual routine and stuff, it's not really any of that. I was just doing it because I thought it was fun, like, and I it's something I always wanted to do. And I the novel, the my first one, which was called Love Me. It's, it's kind of this like episodic thing. And it's because, uh, I didn't know I was writing a novel. I didn't even sit down to write one. I would just like write short stories cause I liked writing. And one day a short story that was, you know, five pages, I rewrote it. And all of a sudden it's like seven pages. I'm like, Oh, there's more to this. And then I was like, I did it again. And then it was like 15 pages. And I was like, this is the longest thing I've ever written. Like at 15 pages. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder I wonder like what else I could do with this. And I just kind of decided to keep going. And back then I didn't write on a computer. Like now I just type and stuff, but back then I was handwriting stuff. Uh. So I had like notebooks of no, just all these endless notebooks, maybe about, you know, 10 notebooks just full of scribbled things that I was writing in between breaks at my job or in my car. Like, you know, I was waiting for my girlfriend to get off work or something when I was picking her up and yeah, so it was just this kind of sprawling, insane thing that I kind of tried to corral together and cobble into a novel because it's something I had always, always wanted to do. And I remember when I was done with it and it was published, I was sitting with my parents and, you know, I was just hanging out and I think we were like camping or something, you know, it was like, or down the shore. Or so I don't know what we were doing, but I was sitting somewhere with my parents and we were talking and my mom's like, yeah. So what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I finished that book and I, and I don't quite know what to do now. <laughs> like I'm like, this thing I've always wanted to do. I'm, I did it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And she's like, I mean, you could write another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I could. 
<laughs> so from then on, I was like, you know what? I could just keep writing another one because if that was my goal and I accomplished it, I'm like, well, what would happen if I did it again? You know, and I, if I did it again and again and again and kind of, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, well, and now you go back, you have this, you know, you go on your Amazon page and you've got seven books on there. And anybody who looks at that is going to be like, well, if I like one of this guy's books, there's six other ones that I can choose from, you know? And then some people start retroactively liking the stuff that you have out um, as, as you find an audience, you know, as as your audience grows. Even if it's really slow, it, it's, you know, if, if you – and that's the other thing, like you said – the first one took you two years, and now you're you're banging them out. You know, you how long does it take you on average now to write a novel? Like, I mean, it doesn't it's it doesn't sound like it's that long. Well, banging them out is a relative term. <laughs> it takes about eight months, I'd say eight to eight to ten months, like beginning to end. Uh, so it's not the quickest thing. <laughs> that's still but pretty good, though, one man. Book a year, that's pretty good. Yeah, you know? one a year is is. I mean, that's and again, like banging like definitely compared to me so far. But although the third one that I'm working on now is is coming out faster, um, I think I was kind of after that second one just took so fucking long. I was like, I'm never gonna, I'm never doing it that way again. Like it's just gonna, yeah, uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to come up with a different process here. But like my first one. I had out, I, I usually outline is the way that I do uh, most of my work, and I'll, I'll just take notes on something for years as an idea I have, and just add to it. And kind of my first one, I'd been developing what became my second one, which is the one that I just put out. Um, and uh, and I'd been working on it, and I realized like I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. This is just like I don't know what what this outline is, how I'm going to turn this into an actual, it's just a bunch of ideas, you know, it's just sort of this list of ideas. And I had like several documents worth of notes and, and, uh, sort of bits of text and dialogue and, 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 you know, all sorts of stuff. But then I'd had this, another document, which was way more cohesive. And it was, uh, and I was reading it one time I was on a night shift down in Bowling Green, Ohio, um, and I was just production support. So there's a lot of downtime when you're sitting in a factory and waiting for things to break. And, uh, so, and I was at a laptop and so I, to pass the time, I would, I, I opened up this old document and I, I was like, this actually could work. This could be a novel. Um, and so you just start copying and pasting stuff in, in the order it's supposed to go in. And then you just start fucking adding to it. And, uh, and as you go along, you you know, the days go by and you, you start reading what you have and you're like, this isn't, it's not there, but it could be like, it, I could see this, yeah. this becoming something good. And then over time, that's, that's just, that's the rhythm. You, you find your rhythm. Like you said, you find your process and, uh, you know, writing is rewriting. And eventually it, it took me about two or three months and I, I had the, what I thought, I thought it was done, but it was really like a, a complete rough draft. And, uh, but it was because it was a complete story. I was, I went home to my family. I was like, I wrote, I wrote the novel. I wrote my, I wrote a, my first novel. Da, 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 da. And, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, it took another two years because <laughs> I learned like, oh no, you have to, it takes work. You got to draft it. You got to, you have to take breaks in between drafts and sort of let your mind become, you know, not forget it, but just get a clean slate before you go back and, 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 uh, and you can look at it more objectively. But, um, yeah, yeah so anyway, most it, ironic, sorry, man. Uh, go ahead. Most ironic. I was the most ironic part is that when I look back on my first book or 
you know, you'll probably get here at some point too. If you, when you keep going and improving, you're going to look back at your old stuff and be like, that's not really all that great. (laughs) I'm so much better now, you know? And I'm like, not that I'm embarrassed of my old old work. I've had a lot of people review it and like it and stuff, but I'm like, you got to read the new stuff. It's so much better. <laughs> well, dude, like, like if you like that, read the new stuff, please. That's the thing. Like, I I haven't. I first of all, like, I haven't read my first novel since I put it out because I know that if I do, I'm just gonna want to change a bunch of shit. Because all else, it's like Adam Driver was talking about how he can't watch himself in movies because all he sees are mistakes. Like, it's. I think that's part of finishing something is just accepting. Like, this is his. It's. Yeah, it can always be better, but this is as good as it is when it got put out, and so that's what it's going to be forever. But but the other thing is, I read your most recent novel first, Impossible James, which came out last June, and then I read um, Puppet Skin, which I'm pretty – I started it today, and I'm almost finished with it. And that came out in 2016, and that that must have been, what, your fourth novel maybe? Third? Somewhere in there? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can definitely yeah. see, like, but even just between Impossible James and Puppet Skin. Now, Puppet Skin is good, but I still see, like, the improvements that you've made. The text in Impossible James is just, it has, it just flows in a more, it's it's clear that you've, you've had another three or four years uh, to, of development in your in your abilities at that, you know, at that point. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you, you I don't know if you have read Puppet Skin recently, but you probably would go back and be like, oh, man, I said... I said this too much in this particular paragraph. Yeah. You know, I use this metaphor. I shouldn't use that. So it, uh, I completely agree. It's, it really is. I'm, I can't wait to get to that point. And you know, what's hilarious is I spent all this fucking time writing the second, not which the second novel is called Vestal phases. I mentioned it before on the, the podcast, but, uh, um, I spent four years banging that out and it was terrible, terrible for, uh, <laughs> like objectively bad, uh, for, for the first three, almost it was it was really bad. Really, up until last fall is when I finally, for some reason, I just caught it caught a wind and and uh, was able to finish it. But uh, like I had it, I had this editor look at it, and I'm so sorry. Like I apologize to her every every time I talk to her now. I'm like for subjecting her to that because it was a long fucking book. It's it's 105,000 words now, and when I uh. when I originally had that that. You know, when I sent it to her, it was it was almost two hundred thousand words, and uh, and it was bad. So you, so point being, I wouldn't be surprised if in another couple of years I look back and I'm like, man, this is still pretty fucking weak. But you know what? It's done. So that's all that matters, and you move on on to the next thing, and uh, and that's all you can do. And then you you hope that as you're doing this, you you people are noticing and you're building an audience, and then you know, in ten twenty years in the future. Depending on what happens, you, you know, maybe you have a breakthrough or something else. You, you, cause I mean, that's the thing, like with Josh Mallerman, he, he was at it for years, you know, it was a decade before he, uh, before he had that breakthrough moment. So it does happen. It's totally possible for it to happen, but it's, it's, you can't be banking solely on that because you don't know when it would happen or if it's going to happen. And, uh, and it'll sort of dampen your abilities anyway. Little little obtainable ba- breakthroughs probably are are more <laughs> what you should be focusing yeah. your energy on. Not you, like you know the 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 universal you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got you. because like, <laughs> um, it's really hard to just bust out like that. You know, like it's almost impossible. And I'm not. He's he's a very skilled writer, but he's also 
lucky, you know, yeah. that's a little part of the equation too. Like he had, he was at the right place at the right time with the right book. And it was good. <laughs> you know, all the pieces were there in place so that it was, he was able to, uh, to hit that, you know, to, to get the rocket fuel <laughs> to shoot him off. Yeah. But, uh, for the rest of us, like, you know, an independent artist and stuff, I think just like, you know, seeing like, if you're struggling to make sales being like, let's see if I could break a hundred dollars in a month, you know, that would be a good goal. And if you did, you'd go, well, what did I do that month? And how do I keep doing that? You know, what was working for me, you know, in what direction is the ball rolling that I can keep pushing it in that direction? Um, you know, I think Twitter is a, the best place for me to find new readers. Um, but that's for me, you know, I found, that my style of humor is kind of built for what Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> so when I make a joke, it's like people are responding to it and, you know, and I make jokes. That's kind of just what I would be doing regardless of <laughs> what my job was, if I was a writer or not. So like it all just kind of works for me, but some people aren't that, you know, and you just got to kind of see what is working and keep pushing the ball in that direction. And, yeah, just kind of hitting those little obtainable goals. And the first one, obviously, and we've talked about it, is just finishing your first book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I watched uh, Neil Gaiman's Masterclass last spring. Um, you know those yeah. Masterclass commercials? that They're every, fucking everywhere now. Um, it was – I don't know if I would have, you know it, – it, it was interesting. But the thing that he said that stuck with me is he – towards the end of the class, he's like, the first thing you need to do is finish things. He said, that's the, like the first, the best advice I can give you, you know, as a, he said, you need to, first you need to start things, but then you need to finish them. And, uh, <laughs> and like you said, like just have different little sort of variations on the, the one word goal, just have obtainable goals that you shoot for. Like, I mean, I like my, on my medium page that I've been, I maintained that first, I started that in 2016 and uh, I just last year started getting paid for it. it was and it wasn't even just last year. It was last November is when I, I and I'd been part of the partnership program for um, it's been a year. It'll be a year this uh, this month. And um, it's like that's it's not nothing. You know, you have to you have to give yourself yeah. credit for 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 getting things done. It's like have that. It's one word a day, you know, one thing a day. Just get something done. And over time, it will it will uh, pile up and it'll make a difference. It may not make a difference in the way that you hope for or the way that you, you've been culturally conditioned to, 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 um, want it to, but it, it does matter. And did, I, w- I wanted to ask you, do, do you have like, uh, when it comes to your like ideas, do you have like a, a, a bunch of them sort of like planned out in advance? Like, so like after this g- apartment novel, are you, you have, do you know the novel you're going to be writing after that? Or are you just like, I'm focusing on what I'm writing right now and then I'll deal with the next thing after this is finished. Uh, well, to, to I don't know exactly what I'm going to do when it's done because yeah, in a lot of ways I am focused on just trying to finish <laughs> an idea and, and so that it's done and I don't have to, you know, I don't want to get distracted by other things going on in my head. I don't, write short stories very often anymore because I like to focus on novels. Right. So like, I don't want to break my concentration, uh, of, of working on a novel for those eight months or however long it takes. 
to, you know, spend three weeks writing something that maybe I'll get paid for it. Maybe I won't, but like, I don't, I still don't want to do it. (laughs) I have a goal that I need (laughs) to get to before I can really think about other things. Uh, But that said, it's not like my brain shuts down and I do get ideas. So I kind of keep a file uh, specifically just for ideas and I don't flesh them out though. Like I'll, it's just basically one sentence so that I don't forget it. So I can go back to it uh, later. And maybe when I'm done with this book, I will jump into that idea file and see if anything kind of sticks out or, you know, seems pressing that I should be writing. Um, And sometimes, you know, I just have an idea out of the ether (laughs) instead of using my little file that I have, you know, as I'm sitting around going, what should I write about next? Yeah, well, it's like you said, this apartment novel got inspired by you, this new apartment that you're in. So you hadn't, obviously, that hadn't been something that you had written down prior. Uh, so this kind of came out of the ether. Well, maybe this will this will kind of give a little insight. Because I did, I did have this idea. I wanted to write a book about, uh, like, people living in some sort of simulation or something. You know, like... Uh, that like matrix theory or that we're all living in a simulation. Or yeah. yeah. That, it it's funny. That's the oh. sec, the second novel that I wrote. That's what that's about. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, see, Cause my, like before the, the apartment idea, I was like, Oh, I want to write a book about people who think they're, who know that they're in a simulation and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Right. So like <laughs> everyone knows they're in the matrix. They know the world isn't real. They don't care. No one has any ambition to do anything because nothing matters. And I'm like, what a weird, existential, existentially horrible place to set, you know, start a book, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, but then when I moved into this apartment, obviously I was going through some life changes, you know, uh, I just started dating a new girl. I got a new place and a, a lot of big things were happening for me personally. So as I was thinking about myself and where I am and I was thinking about this idea about this simulation and no one cares book. Like, and I got into this new apartment and I'm like, this is a really weird place. You know, this apartment is not great. <laughs> it's like strange. And I don't have front windows. I can't see outside really well. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm in this weird time bubble dungeon. Like, like <laughs> I'm in my own personal simulation stuck in this weird building that's got ghostly, horrible sounds that I don't know where they're coming from. So that the, so that idea, the simulation idea of them not caring about that kind of went into, well, maybe I, you know, I, I have to live here. I don't really can't do anything about these footsteps that I keep hearing and, and remotes that are moving by themselves. Um, so now I'm like, I may, like, I, I just kind of transpose that existentially, like we don't care attitude into the haunted house book instead. Yeah. that's <laughs> You know, like, uh, that, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. kind of just like, morphed it into the thing that felt more pressing and more personal uh, so that the old idea that I was going to write about is now, you know, a bastardized version of this new thing that I'm way more connected to. And that was what it's going to be. That's, that's awesome. And, And that's so great when that happens too, when you have like an idea about one thing and you, and you know, it's, it's got potential, but you, it's not fully realized yet, you know, enough to the point where you can start putting it down so you, you just yeah. put it down in your document, like you said, or you do a little outline, and you just let it sit. And then 
some time later, something else happens and it's also good, but you're not really sure how, and then you combine them and, and it's a whole and it actually works. And then you have enough to get started. Like that's the best fucking, that, that is just like a gift from the universe to me. It's, it's, yeah. I love when that happens. I have a short story that I'm, I haven't started working on it yet, but I know it's, it's outlined. Like I, whenever I sit down to write it, I'm, I'm hoping it won't take long, but, um, I had, there was in the subdivision I grew up in, there was this, uh, it's this, this part of the subdivision was all bike trails. And now this is part of the subdivision. Now there's all houses there, but it used to be these, these, this just woods and bike trails and teenagers would go back there. You'd find, you know, drugs and beer bottles and all sorts of shit back there. But there used to be railroad tracks that went through it and they got rid of the railroad tracks, but there was this old firebird that had been hit by a train on the road and pushed all the way back into the woods. It was a good like quarter mile into the woods. And it's just this smashed car. And I, we used to go there and hang out at it as kids. And, uh, and it was just this really, it's right next to this river and it's this really eerie place. And, uh, I always wanted to do something with it, but that's not enough. You know, it's just, that's just a setting. There's nothing. It's like, what the hell is happening there? So, but then, uh, I, I was watching, uh, this thing that R.L. Stein, the guy who wrote Goosebumps, he was, he did this video for Funny or Die. Uh, where he was talking about ideas that he had that didn't, uh, that weren't picked up by Scholastic. And he's just listing off all these titles, and a lot of them are really absurd. I can't remember, and of course I can't remember any of the jokes now, but I, there was one title that he, he was like, and they really didn't like this one, Ghost Meth. And, uh, and I started thinking about that, and I was like, you know, that would be a good thing to, to try. Like it's these, it's like Breaking Bad, only Walter and Jesse are ghosts. And, like there's this old trailer back in the woods. Oh, and then this the fucking you know the smashed Ferrari could be in, your uh, Firebird yeah, could yeah. be uh, could be part of that. So and you know that that was a decade you know a decade and a half had gone by since I first had that that where I wanted to do something with that. And now that was that just happened to me last month when I I got the ghost meth idea. So that's that's awesome when that happens is when you're able to combine ideas or like you have this plot point that's been bothering you you know since you started writing the novel. And you have to figure out how to – you can't get around just not addressing it. It has to be – you have to do the payoff to the setup. And uh, mm-hmm. and then you – it just kind of comes to you out of the blue. But the, but the, it's like a puzzle piece. Like I said, you, it, it, that you like lost or something. And and, and uh, it could become from like a note that you had in an outline that you forgot about. And you go back and you hadn't looked at it for a while and you find it and you're like, oh, this is this is why this character does this. And it and it fits perfectly. So that's that's – that's a great thing that that is that that's the sort of little simple pleasures that you have to take that sort of make it worth it no matter what regardless of how the external world is is judging you or looking at what you're doing it it reminds me of this thing that i used to do um that i thought was this trick to get ideas or have like so if i need an idea and it's just not happening it kind of is like how you were saying that you've got you know, this thing from this funny or die video set off the chain reaction that gave you, Oh, the ghost meth, like, you know, bringing in the, all the stuff from all that, you know, your own life and stuff like how, the, how all the pieces go together. But the place where I would always get these ideas, right. And this is my trick is first of all, I would put on a podcast, like an information podcast specifically like stuff you should know. So not something that's necessarily funny or, it could be funny, just something that is going to stimulate my brain in a way that like 
when you listen to two people talk, especially on a podcast, like you start in your head having responses to them, Yeah, you know, like, cause you're kind of contextualizing what they're saying and thinking about your own life. And you're like, Oh, well, this is, that guy's right about this. He's not right about that. Oh, that's interesting. That reminds me of this thing. So th- it's kind of setting off all these ways of thinking and listening to that while walking on a treadmill for an hour, because you're doing a very repetitive, boring thing. Like it just kind of laser focuses my mind into just like ideas just start happening. <laughs> yeah. You create the conditions for your mind to start generating ideas. I remember Johnny Cash in an interview once said, uh, he's like, if you sit tell me to sit down and write a song, I probably won't be able to. But if you told me to take a walk, there's a good chance that I'll come back and write a song. So that sounds like what you were just describing yeah. there. You just kind of yeah, clear some, your mind. Something about walking, I think, or, or, you know, doing something very repetitive, uh, physically while being mentally stimulated is kind of like the key to kind of, uh, zapping some ideas into the soup, right? Right. Into the primordial (laughs) soup. That metaphor doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. No, I I'm like picturing like, like a Petri dish, you know, like you, 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 you get, you let the, the mold grow in the Petri dish and lightning strikes it and then something jumps out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I got to ask you, this apartment though, this haunted apartment, if that you it sounds like you don't like it. I mean, how long are you going to stay in this thing? Is it a year lease? I mean, are you going to try and get out of there or what's your plan? Um, well, our lease was only a six month lease. So we're uh, on a monthly lease. There's a whole other side to this. Like there was a lot of broken things in this apartment and there's like rats and there's Jesus. a homeless problem and there's like all this crap going on. Um, you know, I live in a city, so it kind of comes with the territory, but it was actually really bad here so much so that the landlord was like, you don't need, he's like, if you guys need to leave, I'm not going to hold you to the lease. He's like, oh, this, obviously this place wasn't up to, you know, up to be able to be rented when you moved in. So we've had to go through him and fix a lot of things. Um, so me and my girlfriend who I live with, we're talking about maybe moving in April when it gets a little warmer, but uh, at the same time, uh, I want to take, instead of, you know, forcing myself to move on some sort of deadline because we are not on a lease, we we're, we're monthly at this point. So we can take our time and find the right place <laughs> instead of just picking a random place. Yeah. Good, man. Well, I hope that works out. And that that's good that your landlord is not a, is not a dick about that. At least he he's, he's empathetic when it comes to you know, it's a bad situation when even the landlord is like, yeah, if you guys have to take off, just, I won't. It, it's, I understand. He, he's really interesting. He's empathetic, but he will not come here if the place is on fire. Like he's like a very remote landlord, doesn't want to deal with this at all. Huh. Like, so w- when there's a problem, like the way uh, to solve it, it, at least with him, is to come at him with a solution. So that, cause he's going to be like, I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> so if I'm like, oh, there's rats in the bushes, if here's a pest control place that's pretty cheap nearby, if you call that, if like, I can call them and arrange all this, if you just want to, you know, pay for it, cause it's your property. And he'll be like, cool, that's great. Huh. <laughs> you know, like he's that kind of guy. Did so, he like inherit this or something? Like, why doesn't he care? I have, I have no idea. There, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Cause you can kind of get away with doing whatever you want, but at the same time, like, you know, uh, when, when our 
sink started leaking, <laughs> I, I like was like, look, I'm buying all the pieces to fix it. Like you need to reimburse me. And he's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Cause there's people like, I mean, hell I, I live in a big apartment. Com- I actually just signed, I'm, I'm going to be there for another year now. I signed my lease today. Um, but like even, even those people are like, I mean, they're not bad. I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I wouldn't have stayed. This would be my fourth year there. I wouldn't stay if it was, if it wasn't good. Um, but like if I have an issue or something, maintenance is kind of, they can be kind of hard to get a hold of probably because yeah. they've got, I don't know how many apartments in this, in this complex. It's, it's a huge complex. Um, so that probably has something to do with it. But, um, but that's nice for you that this guy is, is, is who he is instead of, it would be one, another thing if you couldn't get a hold of him or, you know, or if you would say something and then not follow through on it, you know, that would, that would really exacerbate the situation. Um, but yeah. do, do you think, uh, you're going to, do you want to finish this novel about this apartment before you leave this apartment? Or are you just going to, if April rolls around and you still have got work to do, you're going to be like, all right. And, and you find the right place. You're going to be like, I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to get out when the time's right. I, I know where the book is going at this point. I, I kind of have, the uh, the entire idea <laughs> it, uh-huh. by now you know twenty five thousand words into it so uh, I don't need to be inspired by this shithole anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's uh the 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 setting for my and this shows just again just how long it's been I was living in an apartment that uh, that night shift uh, that mm-hmm. I wrote my first novel on I was living in a corporate apartment and that became the basis for the 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 main character of my second novel. It was his uh, apartment or his residency is what it's called in the simulation. And uh, and I was like, <laughs> as I was leaving it, because I was only there for six months because obviously it was, it's not a job. The job's going to end. Um, and when I left, I was I was like, oh, man, I took pictures of fucking every room in that place to like from multiple angles. So I wouldn't forget, you know, like, oh, here's where the here's the here's where the bed was. And here's what the the nightstand looks like. And here's the mirror and here's the bathroom. And I, looking back now, like, I don't think I've even looked at those pictures. So yeah, you know, there you go. It was, you don't need, you don't need to be inspired by, uh, by the shithole for longer than, uh, you, you, don't, you only need it for a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, so dude, that hour flew fucking by, man. Like we're, we're already, uh, we're already at the top. We're it's, it's past the hour, but we started about 10 minutes after the hour. So we're, uh, we're, we're already fucking wrapping it up here, man. Um, I know you sent me, you sent me that list of, of things we might talk about. I don't think we even touched really. On no, no, but that's, like, that's what I wanted, man. I, I wanted just, uh, I wanted just to, to sit and talk and, and we ended up talking about writing, yeah. which is fucking awesome. So, um, I will ask you though, um, and we could just do this really quick. Uh, um, I'll go, what are you, what are you reading right now? What, 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 what are you in the middle of? Um, I just finished a book uh, by Bentley Little like two days ago called The Town. Ah, um, Bentley Little, yeah. Bentley Little is awesome. Like I, I feel like he's having like uh, I, I'm seeing his name pop up more and more, and I think it's like people are really kind of just getting into it because he does. I don't know if you've read any of him or or, or, or know of him. Well, I have. Yeah, paperback does, horror. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of uh, kind of traditionally horror books, but they also get very weird. So he takes kind of like extreme horror and, you know, a traditional horror plot where it's like family moves into a new place, weird things start happening, you know, like 
but he infuses all this bizarro, strange plot points and things that you never see coming. And it always goes way further than I expect it to go. Like the third acts in his books are always wild. And I'm like, when I read him, I'm like, that is a guy who knows how to write a, a crowd pleasing book. Mm-hmm. Like, like he knows who his audience is and he's just giving them exactly what they want. Cause I'm his audience, you know, and I'm getting exactly what I want out of it. And I'm like, so when I read him, I'm like inspired in a way because I, my writing is a little kind of, you know, all over the place and, and crazy and stuff. And I'm like, I need to crack that guy's code. Like in my own version of it though, you know, like, like, cause he's just got this way of, of storytelling that is just, just grabs me. Like I'll read a 400 page book in like a week. Yeah. He's, I, I have a couple of his books. I remember reading, uh, his short story collection, which is called the collection. Um, and, uh, th- some of the ideas in that, like the, there's a story about, um, about, uh, the, the founding fathers and how they were like, a, it's basically like an Illuminati type thing where there's, there's Satanists that sacrifice, uh, children or virgins or something. But there was, and I'm, I, I'm, there was one story and I, I'm 90% sure it was him. It might've been Rick Hodala, but there's one where it's about this, uh, on this one particular highway, uh, there's this James Dean movie where he throws a crowbar over the guardrail. And in this story, it turns out that some women have found, found, went down to that part of the highway, found the crowbar and there's like this little shed and they mounted the crowbar on this, uh, in like this block of cement. And they, and when, and now like women will go in there and like lose their virginity to the crowbar that James Dean touched. And I know. And it's, it's like, that is that. And this, and the story's from the perspective of this guy who like just stumbles across it and he sees these women, these girls doing this. And it's like, it's like, how the fuck did it? I can assume he saw that James Dean movie and probably thought like, what happened to that crowbar he threw over the, off of the, you know, over the guardrail. Um, but then it's like, how the hell do you get to that (laughs) from there to, to a woman like this cult of women? using the crowbar to lose their virginity you know it's uh mm-hmm. it's so there you go yeah it, it does and to be i mean that the stuff that you come up with is is equally out there i would say it's it's sort of the same thing where it's like how the hell do you think that's just a short story it's a little bit easier to flesh something out into a short story but um there are some ideas where you just it's, it just kind of makes you go that's really impressive that you're able to to make that work in such a satisfying and believable way in terms of the story you know it's you're never going like this doesn't make any sense it's like oh this makes sense within the context of the story so um yeah so yeah that's the trick it's the trick is make it's not making things make sense it's they have to make sense internally <laughs> like that's the only thing that matters because yeah. you know you watch a fast and the furious movie and he jumps the car out of the burj khalifa and you're like well that doesn't <laughs> make any sense like you would just plummet to the ground and die <laughs> like, yeah, yeah but in that movie you're like you know what they're superheroes basically so none of this matters like yeah of course it makes sense they could do stuff like this dude that was such a moment that was so written for like f- i mean foreign audiences because he's like i can just see the subtitle of like when he's like let's unleash the beast and then they freaking floor it out of the out of the tallest building in the world i was like that's the sort of thing that you don't have to speak English to appreciate, you know, that's, that's a universal action movie scene for anybody, you know, who's, yeah. who's a big fan of these movies. But I was like, I, I walked out of that movie. Actually, I never walk out of movies, but I was, I was, 
Are you I, serious? I, it, it wasn't. It wasn't because I hated it. It wasn't with joy when that was happening. I, I, it wasn't because I hated it. It was. It was because I had something that I was more interested in doing <laughs> that that came up, wow. and so I was like, eh, "I can. I know how this is going to end. I've seen this, so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> it's gonna end the same way that other six did, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they saved the day, and then they have a few beers on a rooftop. Yeah. That's how every movie ends. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, I'll, I'll, this will be the last thing. Uh, just tell us what you got coming. Is there anything you want to promote or anything you got coming up that you want to tell us about? Um, I don't have anything, uh, scheduled for release or anything like that. I'm working on getting some audiobook versions of my books, um, which will be nice for, you know, people who have commutes and stuff and don't have a lot of time to sit down and read. Um, but I did want to promote something specifically. We didn't even talk about this at all. Um, but I do want to plug it. Yeah, I go for it. I have a podcast that I started with my two friends from high school. Um, and we're like 16 or 17 episodes deep at this point, but it's That's a right. comedy game show, uh, advice podcast called life advice, uh, or life coach pandemonium. <laughs> so we basically take a topic, uh, you know, my one friend, he kind of, it's kind of his show. He kind of runs the thing and he, has some question he needs about his own life. And he asks me, you know, his, and my other buddy, his two trusted oldest friends for some advice. And he's got all these little games that we play to, to kind of get some information out of us. And it's really goofy and fun. So it'd be great if anyone listening to this, uh, subscribe to that, or at least check an episode out. Yeah. Check it out. The, the, where, where can they listen to it? Oh, like on iTunes or Spotify or basically wherever you can listen to podcasts. Cool. So Life Coach Pandemonium, yeah. give it a look. Yep. Um, and uh, and then we'll look for the next book, man. Like you said, you don't have anything scheduled for release, but we know we know you got one. So uh, we'll, we'll look for it. Um, and good luck with the haunted apartment as well. I hope that uh, I hope that uh, resolves itself uh, as, as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, I, I take notes as we're going here and like, I have notes that like during the course of this conversation that I haven't, I wasn't able to bring up again. So you'll have to come back. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep having you on and, um, yeah, of course. and we'll talk, uh, we'll talk then, but, uh, thanks again. Um, uh, everybody else, I will be back next week as scheduled. John Connor, who was supposed to be on this week, will be joining me. Um, and, uh, we're going to be. I'm looking forward to talking to him. So we're going to be talking about uh, local music, the old local music scene around here, and then what he's been up to. He's got a podcast that he does now, so we'll be talking about that. And uh, looking forward to it. So thanks so much, uh, everybody, for listening. This has been American Winer on PodcastDetroit.com.